0: Our This is the Black Country Blokes Tuna Fat. With me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman. Thank you for joining us on this week because it is mental health awareness. So every day this week, we're going to have a different guest, starting with Steve Hansel, um, who has already been on the show before, talking about his loss of his brother. Tomorrow, we're joined by Debbie Slater from Black Country Women's Aid. On Wednesday, Mick McGuire, who's the head coach at Jewelry Quarter. Thursday, Marcus Leonard, who has been on the show three times, twice, sorry, before talking about his role working with mental health. And we finished the week with Ian from Mental Health First Aid. So thank you, Steve, ever so much for coming on, bro.
2: Pleasure. Always good to see you
0: guys. The last time you come on, we've had two episodes, but I think one was released one's in the archives, waiting to release it another time. Brilliant. And we, we were discussing when uh, you lost your brother, Anthony. We are just saying off camera, he was 20 and you were just turning 18 when you lost him? I think I was 18 already. So,
2: yeah, I was just in the part where you started to go out uh, and party, if that makes sense. So, got to have been about that age.
0: And I won't go over what we've already been over, uh, but please look through uh, our, our episodes and see. It's a very heartfelt episode, especially if you've got a son or a brother. Cause it really pulls on your heartstrings. But the reason why I've had you to come on today, is, uh, Steve, I was quite drunk, did it? Well, I'll, I'll just go your hand. <laughs> so so <laughs> <laughs> but we would say like, you've got a form of OCD and well, you tell, you tell the people what you've been going through.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the OCD is, uh, one of the biggest things that I've gone through in my life and still going through. Um, if I'm honest, I never really knew I had OCD um, until it was sort of pointed out to me. I thought it was completely normal and everyone did it. Uh, but on top of that, I've got social anxiety, uh, depression, and they're currently looking at something else that may be something that actually impacts it all, which is borderline personality disorder, uh, which is what I'm currently seeking help for at the moment. Um, talking to professionals uh, finding out exactly what's what's going on and trying to fix it, if that makes sense. Cause I'm very much a believer of find whatever's wrong, tell me what I've got to do, fix it, job done. Because like, you know,
0: saying you've got OCD and depression, mm-hmm. does, does it annoy you when people say, well, I've got to do the washing up because I've got OCD or I've got depression because me cat pooed on the carpet? <laughs>
2: yeah, um, to a degree. I mean, I think there's different levels of, Uh, ocd and depression of all sorts of mental health um i'm quite on the severe spectrum of ocd and a lot of people completely misunderstand and misinterpret ocd Uh, they think that ocd is just having to do a routine of i don't know say turning the light switch on and off nine times for example turning the light switch on and off is just the coping mechanism the ocd is the bad thoughts that go with that which a lot of people don't understand Uh, While this is happening to someone with OCD, if you don't get this, in this case, a switch right, it's the end of the world. And when I say the end of the world, I'm not exaggerating. It will be if this switch isn't in the correct place, uh, it's going to set on fire. If it sets on fire, I'm going to lose my house. What am I going to do with the cats? Oh, what am I going to do about my mom? And then my mom dies. It escalates that quickly in your brain. It's unreal. Uh, and I think that's one of the common misconceptions with OCD. So going back to your question, it just, does it necessarily annoy me? Uh, not particularly. Um, but at the same time, I wish people would understand a little bit better of what these things are. Um, but then again, that's the old stigma about mental health. People don't understand it. People don't know what it is.
0: Well, I think you're right there, because I think like with... Men- mental ill health and physical ill health, like you don't think less of me because I can't see, or you wouldn't think okay. less of me if my leg was blown off, and I, hopefully it is going to start chipping away and thinking, well, I've just got something not well within my head, be it the depression, that social anxiety, the OCD, the schizophrenia, whatever it is, it doesn't mean I am a bad person, it just means a part of me is not well,
2: I completely agree with you. Um, again, it goes back to the, the stigma of mental health. Uh, you know, not just men's, everybody's mental health. Um, I'll give you a perfect example for what I'm currently going through at the moment and trying to get the right help. Uh, I'm actually admitted at Bushy Fields. Now, for those of you who don't know or don't, aren't from the area, when I was growing up, Bushy Fields was the Madhouse, it was the Nutter House. Now, that's the, the misconception of everything to do with mental health. It's nothing to do with being mental. It's people seeking help, and it's because we didn't know what this stuff was back then. It was always that stigma.
0: And well, I think that is bang on because I've, I haven't been there myself, but I've got countless number of friends who have been there. And it's very eye-opening, isn't it, when you go in
2: there? Um, to be honest with you, I was extremely nervous because, again, I was thinking, why am I here? I'm not that bad, am I? Am I losing my mind? It, to a degree, made it a little bit worse until I got through the doors and just thought, these are normal people. These are normal people, same as what I am, just trying to seek help and guidance on how to control certain emotions, how to control depression, so on and so forth. You know, The spectrum of things that people are there for is you know, never-ending. Um, and I think there's a bit more... Of an understanding these days of the mental health. Um, so when you now tell people, they don't automatically go, oh, Christ, you must be mental, you're going in there. They understand that you're just actually trying to seek the help you need or the guidance for me that it is of how to make sure that I can control certain emotions. Um, you know, part of the borderline personality disorder is I have massive emotion swings. Um, I can go from having the most unbelievable best week of my life to having a month of near-suicidal near, near suicidal thoughts. Not saying they are suicidal, but they're close to. So, you know, that's something that is why I'm there now, is to help me find that equilibrium, the, the middle part, uh, which is something I've always struggled to do.
0: What was your experience of, of the place? with like the staff and the facilities.
2: Amazing. I thought the facilities, it looked old. You know, it's been there a while now. It's it's quite an oldish building. Um I quite liked the room that you go into because it was bare. It was just you and the consultant, so your attention and everything was focused on that person. It seemed to make it a little bit less intimidating, not having folders, books, pictures, and everything around you, because you were able to actually focus on them. And anyone who's ever been in the situation where you need to uh, explain or go through your deepest darkest fears you need to get to know the person a little bit before you start opening up where the only analogy I can think of is we're an onion when you go in there and that person's job is to peel away the, the layers of the onion to get to the core root issue um, and I'll be honest the two ladies that I had in there were absolutely fantastic uh, listened to everything I said made observations open and honest with me as well uh, which I loved they didn't hide anything they told me exactly what they thought when I was saying certain things and uh, and bits and bobs. But it, it turned a bit of an eye opener to they're just normal people. It's not a madhouse. It's not people having to look after people in padded cells and stuff like that. They're just people there offering their help um, for others. So I wouldn't necessarily have enjoyed it when I was in there, but it certainly was a lot easier than what I was thinking it was going to be
0: see
1: think... when, when do you think this, this come on, because obviously I've known you a number of years now and and when we were growing up there was never, never any sign of, of this. Do you think it's something you've always had in the background and hid or is, is it to do with what you've been through?
2: Um, to degree, I think the OCD side has always been there. Um, but when I was a child it wasn't, it didn't matter, if that makes sense, it wasn't ever an issue, The mm-hmm. y- your child's mind, I mean, when you're a child, you're made of magic and elastic bands. You can bounce back from just about anything. So, I think as you get older, your brain sort of changes a little bit uh, and you see your life in a different way. I mean, I'm sure all of us here can say, now we have a massive appreciation for what our family has done, mum and dads. At the time when you're a child, I'm sure all of you said it, is, I hate you, mum. You don't. When you get older, and I think it's the brain chemistry that sort of changes. and allows you to actually see what's going on and what's happening. Uh, in regards to what's happened historically, uh, yeah, with the, the, it's got to have had an effect. Um, it can't not. Um, but I don't think it's the be-all and end-all of it. I, the one thing that does sort of get to me is when you go to these people um, who are trying to help you and you tell them, yeah, my brother died, they instantly, they latch onto that with a hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's like, now forget that. I can cope with that fact. I'm quite open and I can talk about Anthony now. Is it still upsetting? Of course it is. It's a family member who's gone. I don't, I don't think that would be upsetting or any less upsetting now than what it will be in 15 years' time. It's always going to be upsetting. But I think you learn to cope with the um, the loss of uh, a loved one. So definitely things have affected it, but there's there's more going on than what, meets the eye. I think I hide it very well as well, to be honestly.
1: Yeah. Um, anyone my... will have that as well, don't we? yeah. I think everyone sitting here has, has, has put on a brave face on numerous occasions and has got on with it. Um, got it. Um, yes. To the point that you can't. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I've, I've often
2: said and I've said this to me, my mum bless her quite recently, is I'm quite bored of feeling like I'm being false. Um, having to mm. smile and when mm. someone says, how are you doing? You just answer, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. What I really want to say sometimes is, you know what, fella? I had a rough, bloody night. But you don't, want to, you don't want to feel like you're putting out
1: on people at the same time. Well, that's why we're trying to do this. So people to do actually, especially men, do actually turn around and go, you know what? It's been crap. Yeah, I need to talk.
2: <laughs> and this, guys, I can't tell you how much, you know, listening to this that you guys do has helped me massively from knowing that I'm not the only one. Whoever goes through any type of mental health, I think at the time you're going through it, you are the only one who's got this issue. You, you're not. And this has opened my eyes a little bit too. There's there's more going on in life than what you,
1: meets the eye.
0: And what's that saying that you say, Lee? I think you got it from Andy Plan Silence is a per- perpetrator's best friend.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah that's a, exactly. I mean that was more in the way of um of sexual abuse but it applies to us as well, you know. Um if if you if you're silent it help it, it doesn't help you, does it? it? It it's it's helping your head. It's you know it's not it's not helping you at all. You need to talk. Yeah, we've had a out. I think we every every
2: one of us has had those moments where you just you sort of you're doing to a cocoon. Uh and you, <coughs> In those moments, all you're trying to do is stop your head, stop the thoughts, stop everything going on. It's like you just want to chill and relax. Um, But sometimes I think for me, quietness can be a bit of a a daunting thing. Um, I don't like the quiet. You know, I have to sleep with noise uh, just to allow my brain to certainly turn off.
1: So how is that lock, affected in the lockdown? Because obviously it's probably been a bit more quiet. It's quieter in general, especially in the thick of the lockdown, in the streets, everywhere. yeah, You couldn't hear nothing, could you? You know, there was no cars coming by. There was no noise at all. No, yeah, I would
2: say at first, because I was at work until I got put on furlough, um, it wasn't so bad because I still had a routine. I was still going to work. And work's always been an escape for me. Um, work somewhere where I have to be sensible. I have to be Stephen, you know. Stephen Ansel, I can't be Ansel. I've got to be the the bloke who's going to get everything done for my customers. Um, When I've got put on furlough and you're at home, it's daunting and scary at times uh, because it is literally nothing. You get up, you go for a walk, you come back and that's it. Uh, You know, I I live on my own. Uh, I've just got me two nutter of cats, which bless them. I love and talk to them as much as I want, but they never talk back. (laughs) <laughs> That's when you got a problem That's right <laughs> I'm the mad cat man <laughs> you always
1: um, have <laughs> been.
2: Thanks mate <laughs> uh, But lockdown's been tough Very tough um, I've only recently gone back to work Last Thursday I've been lucky enough to go back And if I'm honest I didn't realise how lonely I was Until I went back to work uh, Because it was a bit of a, like a, a flick of a switch The difference in pure emotion It was like Stephen's come back a little bit here. Mm. I'd gone into recluse mode and then I've come back, yeah. So,
0: well, one of my good friends who suffers with mental health and he says he works all week and he he dreads Sundays. Sundays, when he has off and he's supposed to be able to put his feet up and relax, he says, I hate that day because then I'm back in my head. When I'm up at six o'clock, grafting, working, come back, do this, do that, go to bed because I'm fine with that. But I hate the journey to work from work and Sundays.
2: I, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, I'm quite weird. I actually enjoy the drive to work because, uh, you know, say what you like, but I, I'll put classic FM on, sit there, chill, just let the car do the work. It's quite nice.
0: You're a bit of a petrolhead anyway, aren't
2: you? A bit. I'd drink the <laughs> stuff if I could.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty. what we were saying before as well, saying like um, – was it Hansel? Uh, was it your brother? That was a catalyst? And sometimes, like uh, when people have had drug and alcohol problems, mm-hmm. and it's that chicken and the egg. Was it? Did you have mental health before the drugs and alcohol? Or was it after? And were you masking it with the drugs and alcohol, or was it already there? So there's no definitive way of actually knowing. In some case, in a lot of cases, people oh, do, because he's drunk or done drugs. That is the reason, but maybe that was the reason why he was doing it in the first place.
2: Yeah, for me, mine was always drink. You know, it was, uh, let's go out and have as many as we can. You know, them days, especially when we were growing up, it was, you didn't go out to go and sit in front of a fire in a nice pub and eat a pack of scampi and a a, a point that's got a stick floating in it. You know, you went out to get smashed. That was Mm. the idea. Um, And we did it. You know, there's some weird nights. I mean, Monday night at Wolverhampton, I got work the next day at six o'clock in the morning. You know, and you wouldn't roll in till two, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think that was definitely a bit of a mask for me, but don't get me wrong, want to go back and change them days? Nah, they were they were hilarious. There were some of the funniest nights we've ever had in my
1: life. Um, I think would I go back and do them again. Here, yeah, eventually it catches up weird on its day like it it is originally all about the laugh and going out and and, and just having a good time you're young you know but eventually that that it turns into actually it's becoming a problem um I'm out all the time I'm not you know I'm trying to block things out at that point it's not the the laugh side of it goes away from it well I think the laugh
2: still happens it's when you get home yeah like, you know yeah it's when you actually start to you get that utter feeling of regret of what have I done? Why have I done this? Uh, and you always say, oh, never again, never again. And then your mate will phone you. You're coming out tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's sometimes I think it's down to having willpower as well. Um, yeah. That ability to actually recognise that something isn't right. Um, it's harder to recognise it than what people would think, uh, especially in the group of friends if you're all close-knit, it's it's quite hard when you're younger to recognise issues. Um, now we're older, you know, you guys, when you talk to me, you know when I've had a bad day. Um, uh, and we will ask each other, "Is you OK? Yeah, before, I mean, inc- all we used to ever say on the phone was, you yeah, know, beer, yeah, sound, seven, seven, bye. That was it. <laughs> that was the sum of a conversation until you got out, and then it was all just lads and beer, lads and beer. And the occasional women.
0: Well, this is what we want to start though, because we want men to be able to just go, you know, I am feeling lousy, I am sad. Mm-hmm. Because when when you go out for a drink, you'll see just a gaggle of girls, all just talking at each other, no one's listening. One's on about the fella, the other one's on about the kids. They all stand, up and go, That was great, we we'll have to do it next week. Whereas guys, you could like you miss his leaves and you go, You're all right, yeah, I'm fine, get me a drink. It's gotta be well, surely that's breaking your heart or how, how does it feel to have lost your job or how does it feel to go to a job every day that you hate and chip away at it. And you yes. won't be able to do this with all of your friends, but find those friends who you can't talk to and, you know, enjoy enjoy your good days and deal with your bad. Does that make sense? Is that the right saying? Uh, yeah, no, I, I've got you on that. I think a
2: lot of it as well will come down to something you guys are doing, which is the um, courses for... Uh, like mental health awareness I can't remember what the courses are called Where people well, come
0: round Ian's, they... Ian's going to be coming on on Friday And we're going to be organising A mental health first aid course Over Zoom So if people yes. are interested I'd, I'd like you to do it hands up And it, Because when the shit hits the fan When we go back from this It's going to be a different world But hopefully people are going to have more awareness About what everyone's going through you know, I'm yep. so lucky to live in a house with my with my daughter and my wife and have a garden. But even then, that's stressful because you fall out with your missus. Your child, you love more than God could ever love anything. They get under your skin, but there's no escape. But I think back to 10 years ago, before I was with our kids, living in a council flat, upstairs, if I'd have been on my own, God knows what I'd been up to. It
2: is. When you're on your own, It's at times we're our own worst enemy. Uh, I would just like to say with that first aid course, I mean, I'd implore anybody, even if you don't believe that you have any mental health issues, uh, to join in and get to know it because it it teaches you to recognise as well. Um, You know, since I've been going through what I've gone through, I'm able to recognise when other people aren't right. And I think being able to go up to someone and say, are you okay? Do you need anything? How can I help? You have no idea what that could do to that person. That person could be having a really bad day. And just by asking that question, you could literally save a life. Uh, so well, I'd say to everyone, do it. It's well worth learning the recognition skills.
0: What it is, is what you've just said, is perfect. Like we all, A lot of us now have done physical first aid courses. All I've got mm-hmm. to do, if you get hit by a car, I haven't got to sew your leg back on. Or if you're having a heart attack, I haven't got to do surgery. I've got to keep you with it until the professionals come. And that's the same. So if I see you and go, you look depressed, go, let's have a chat. Or it, when it's in my league, I've, got, I've now got some information of a phone call or a website that you can do. It's not my job to save your life, but I might be able to prevent you from taking your own.
2: Yes. I, I think, uh, you know, it's you're thinking of that idea in workplaces when you've got over a certain amount of staff. I think workplaces should, because you have, like you say, they all have first aiders. And if anyone's ever worked in an office, you've all seen the green vest they've got where, you know, they're high almighty, they're the first aider. But there should be like a mental health aider there as well, able to talk because just having that person who you can trust and you can go into talk completely confidentially makes it a lot easier on that person who may be going through anything. I
1: but think they'll be busier than a normal first aider as well. I think you'll find they're a lot busier than a normal first aider. I think there's a lot more I people think- in the workplace who, who have issues and, and don't know where to turn or who to talk to. So they'll be busy people.
0: Well, and as you said, s- sir, if you just said, that if I, I'm in the office place and I cut myself, you can see the blood coming out. So you go, he needs first aid. Whereas mm-hmm. you might just see that lad going, Kev used to be such a happy lad, and all of a sudden he isn't. Or how come Kev's now eating on his own? It'll be those subtle things you have to keep your eye open. It's not mm. just his bones sticking out of his shirt.
1: That's it. And it's about, it's about having someone there who can recognise that, recognising those little changes.
0: And was it you that noticed it in yourself, uh, Steve? Or was it loved one saying, uh, I, I can see the problems arising, is it time
2: for you to go and get help? Uh, it was my mum, actually. Um, I was angry, uh, very angry. Um, and I was angry because my OCD was sort of going to the next level and nothing felt right. I could never explain that at the time to someone because I didn't understand the thoughts myself. Um, mm-hmm. But my mum said, you need, you need to go and talk to someone because something isn't right. You shouldn't be that angry for no reason whatsoever. Uh, and when I say no reason whatsoever, it could be as simple as you go to a restaurant. And I know this sounds soft, but it's part of my things. I've got to put the knife and fork in a certain way on the plate. And if someone picks it up and the knife and fork falls over, that's one of my triggers. And I'd get very angry with that situation uh, because I thought they everyone knew, everyone did this kind of thing. Um I didn't realise it wasn't necessarily normal at those points. Uh, But my mum pointed it out and said, you know, go and talk to someone. Uh, Luckily, I worked for a good firm at the time that actually organised everything for me. So I didn't have to wait for like NHS because, you know, I love our NHS to a million pieces. But, you know, it's getting better now. There's more awareness to it. But mental health was you could be waiting six months to a year to get in front of somebody, which is too long but I understand they're doing the, the best job with the limited resources they can um, but yeah when I went to go and see somebody um, first of all it started off with bereavement counselling for the loss of Anton um, because I never really mourned properly for Anthony. Um at the time uh, as I've said in a previous podcast is you know at that time I felt I had to be strong for my family uh, whether I was or not is a different issue I just felt that I had to be um so i didn't mourn for anthony until quite late on uh and there's, after i've so gone to see that person it just sort of escalated and i got hold of the anger but then i was couldn't my way of dealing with the anger was to do more routine uh to get more stuff in order. you know everything's got to be perfect in the cupboards uh
0: and that's Steve, when the ocd just, took hold can i just jump in because there's two mm-hmm. things that, two things that stuck in my head then like with the anger and I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist, but you know when you're saying like um, with the knives on the plate, and you didn't mm. want them to know, you get angry because it was triggered by that bit of embarrassment. Uh, and then, go on, sorry. Please. No, you go on, sorry.
2: Uh, I was going to say it wasn't necessarily triggered by the embarrassment of it moving; it was the fact that if they moved, it was like I say, it's the thoughts that then continue the on your head, and because it's then out of my control, they take the plate away. I'm yeah. stuck with the thoughts. I can't rectify the issue. So the only thing I could do at that point was get angry.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, like, and I was thinking, like, with the temper, like when you are saying you had to stay strong for your family. And sometimes I can, uh, we can reflect strength on aggression, can't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I think it's as well the, the stern upper lip, if that makes yeah. sense. It was right this has happened okay time to man up time to grow up a little bit make sure mom dom me dad everyone's all right i took you know i was down in like a lonely fifth of where my priorities were at that moment in time looking back was that the right thing no not in any way shape or form um you know i'd implore anyone as much as you do have to look after and look out for others you still need to make sure that you are okay and focus on yourself um in those times, the only way I can describe how my life felt is I was living, but I wasn't alive. Um, I was doing just a go to work, come home, go to work, come home. There was no actual life there. Um, and that's one of the hardest things to try and for me um, to get of is to get a life back and get that social interaction outside of a workplace. I can do it at work because I have to put that different head on. Outside of work, I find it difficult to come and meet people, uh, see new people, Um, mainly because I have conversations in my head all about it. I mean, I know this will sound quite weird now, but I've had the conversation that us three are having now, I don't know how many times last night while thinking about it. Now, oh, oddly oh, enough, not nothing weird. that you guys have said did you say last night, so I even got the answers for it, so I don't know why I do it to myself.
0: Well, <laughs> <But> that's <laughs> weird. I think, right.
1: I think we all I, do, that. do that. Maybe not to your extent, but you all got a bit of that, OK, this is how I want it to play out, and it never I, does yeah. play that way.
0: <laughs> no, it never well, does. You go through every scenario. When I see him, I'm going to tell him to bugger off, or I'm going to tell him, and you go through all these scenarios, and you don't get to sleep for a week. And then he walks past because, goes, all right, OK, there's Jasmine, and you're going,
2: I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> it, is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think the, that's one of the, the scary things is the unknown. Uh, and I think that's scary to anybody, no matter your situation. Um, as humans, we like to have stuff put in place. We like to know what's going to happen. I think that's part of the reason why the lockdown was so difficult. You know, we were finding out at five o'clock every night what was happening tomorrow. that You could not plan anything. It was very disconcerting because you're thinking, is this the end of the world? Is the zombies going to come out? You know, is it going to turn into the walking dead? And now obviously it hasn't, thankfully. But it's, been,
0: it's been the first time in history that we've quarantined the healthy. Normally you quarantine, quarantine the lepers, you quarantine someone who's got it. Yeah. But like when, when you feel poorly, all you want to do is sleep and eat when you can and rest. But when, you, when you're when you physically well and you're just stuck in your head, you're thinking, well, what can I do? What can I do? And then that's drives you back thinking, well, I can earn. And then you forget about, well, how about if I spread the germs? Because in that mind, we're thinking it won't get me because I'm well.
2: I, I completely agree with you. I mean, one of the the challenging things that I've had to sort of get over from this, this lockdown uh, and this virus period is... I was never scared of getting it myself, um, because I thought I had it, and I was petrified. I was going to give it somebody else and kill them. That's mm-hmm. my, big, you know that that's why I found it so difficult to go to shops and stuff like that. Is because I was always scared that I was going to give it this person who's vulnerable, and that they were going to, you know, something happen to them. Um, I think what the government did, I think they had no choice but to do. If I'm honest with you, I think they took every preparation they could. And if I'm honest, I don't think they've done a bad job Mm. Yeah, okay, it could be a hell of a lot better, but it could be a hell of a lot worse than what we're going through now. Um, At least we've got stuff to keep us entertained now. You know, you've got your TVs, we've got, you know, all your YouTubes, your Facebooks and stuff to watch and and videos and that um, to keep you sort of a little bit active. Um, I think a sure sign of how we've, uh, as a nation, coped is how stuff like certain uh, video castings, like what we're doing now, have taken actual, absolutely massive amounts of members uh, because people need that interaction, that, that contact with people. So, Can yeah, you imagine if it, happened, if
0: it would have happened in the 80s when we had four channels? Four channels, one house phone, and in the living room and you'd have it on a cord, so you had to sit there you with know, your mum and dad talking to your mates. <laughs>
2: yeah there was none of that you know it just you couldn't imagine it could you Uh, you know having to sit there and literally do nothing this one really hasn't been that bad when we look back Um, if all else sort of try and see it as a bit of a blessing in disguise the way I was it was towards the end I was supposed to have a week off work anyway when I got five weeks off with 80% pay great it's just been a bit of an extended holiday with me and my cats and I've wound them up for five weeks every time they try and sleep. Just keep prodding them. It's been quite entertaining. <laughs> Not <for> them. <laughs> no, no, they hate me. They couldn't wait for me to go back to work. <laughs> so, I mean, have you two guys coped with lockdown? So,
0: some days I wake up and I'm bulletproof. The world yeah. is my oyster and nothing can bother me. Other days I've just got out of bed the wrong way. I'm oversensitive. Someone said something, someone's happened... And normally I can go to the gym, I can go to Merriel, I can go to the pub, and I forget about it. But when you're locked in, you're locked, not only in your house, but in your own mind. And then yeah. something that's so sad, you stump your toe and you burn the toast and you go, oh, the universe has got it out for me. Why? <laughs> the toast is burnt and you stump your toe. But once you're in that funk, it's hard to get out of that funk. And you can listen to all the positive speakers and know all the quotes and praying positions and meditations sometimes it's okay not to be okay go to bed mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll be all right in the morning
2: yeah i mean i couldn't agree with you more i mean how about you lee so obviously with your your family and everything you you never really have the time to sit down and, and get a family life if that makes sense because mm-hmm. bless you you work every hour god sends to make sure that your family's got everything they ever need
1: well that's so for you but- has it
2: been an experience
1: yeah that's been the that's been really good you know I've, I've enjoyed stopping and slowing down yeah I ain't not done that since since school basically you know it's been work 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 um <laughs> that's because we we're nice. supposed to be at school yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's been nice spending time with the family it's been really good it's been really good spending time with the family but as as um as we're starting to open up uh, from the lockdown now I'm getting days where I will go into a funk because I know I've got to go back to work and it's not Going back to work, that's the issue. Is I'm frightened of bringing something back home. You know, yeah, i yeah. I mean, our kids, our two, our two eldest, they ain't going back to school in, in uh, June. No, no, no way. They're not going back to school in June because I don't want them to bring something home. We've been locked yeah. down now over eight weeks. I don't know, eight nine weeks. If I was to go to work now and bring something back, then that's all been wasted anyway.
0: Yeah. You know, we might as well eight. have gone
1: out We might as well, you know, and uh, and if if I bring something back here, all the kids do. That's it for Kala. You know, she gets it. That's it. So yeah, I'm getting I'm getting days now where I think on that too much. You know, yeah, thinking about that a bit too much and getting into my ho- my own head, which is not good. I need the gym to open, basically, Kev.
0: <laughs> but but you saying <laughs> that though, like, say if the gym opens, because oh, no, no, yeah. yeah, it's and exactly I'm, the same. I'm the same because I'm thinking have I've done so well, but then like, um, mom would take us up there. They'll be there. And if it's five kids that I've got them on the pads, I'm doing, and I think that's, it's not mm. like we're on a football pitch kicking the ball at one another.
1: Yeah, you're
0: yeah. in aren't you? Even if we're not, he's not, we're not sparring, but he's hitting the pads, and it's sweat going everywhere, and it's going in my mouth, and or oh, <laughs> <like, laughs> drops the gloves. you know, it it's okay. Wash your hands. Wash. Unless we're going back in like a bee suit, you know yeah. what I mean? Germs are going to
1: get us. Well, and, and actually, there was a professor on TV the other day, and he said the reason you get more colds in the in the winter is not because it's colder. It's because you have all the windows closed, and it's more confined, isn't it? You know, you've got your rounder heater, so the germs can 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 uh, spread easier. There's no windows open for the fresh air to come and blow them out of the way. So it's not actually to do with the actual the temperature. It's more to do with the environment that you're in then. And that's exactly same boxing club. You think you're enclosed. There's not you're not on a field. you you know. It's it's awkward.
0: So. But like, like me, uh, my friend the other day, he's a he's a barber. Me saying I can't wait for us to open. I went look at me. I'm not have my hair until I can come to you. But I'm telling you, I won't be your first customer. So I'm mm. not going to go and do everything I've done they let you stand over me, shaving me and touching me, because I just don't feel safe and yeah. normally. I'm the first one through the door. You tell me to do it, I'll do it. This is the only time I can remember. I'm thinking, I don't want to affect my mom, my dad, my wife, my daughter, the, the people I love the most in the world, my mother in law.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah uh, with this, I completely understand and, and get completely where you're coming from. I think, uh, you know, I haven't properly seen my mom for, you know, two months, two and a half months. Now, anyone who knows me, I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> you yeah, know, I I, I, I've got to have the off my mother. You know, a hug from a mother just makes everything better. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world until you get that hug, and then it's all hey, it's all good. Don't worry. And that's something that I've had to, I've struggled coping with. Um, but it's just funny how a lockdown can affect all of us in different ways. So it's good to see that you know we're all out, we're all supporting exactly what's gone on, and and to hear you guys talk about not wasting the work that we've already done it's it's nice it's refreshing
0: but well, steve we're gonna we're gonna finish in a bit but mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask, in a bit you're gonna think of a quote but before because i am gonna ask everyone this question this week so lee if i do forget remind me <laughs>
1: I've <got no> chance.
0: <laughs> how do we? how do you hope this lockdown is going to help people's opinion on mental health
2: um, I think it's gonna make people realise it's more common than what they actually think. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of people who don't think they've actually got anything at all and think mental health is just a stigma, just a word, just something to to spread, where actually it's a real thing. Um so for me, awareness, like you're doing with this, you know, the, the health of the awareness week, it's it's gonna raise awareness of it and the more awareness there is of it the more people learn to understand it, and the more people that understand it, there'll be more people there to help.
0: That's beautiful. And as we always like to do, if you haven't got one, it doesn't matter. But have you got any quotes or sayings or anything that's helped you get through this bit?
2: Um, stop being scared of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you again, bro, for coming on. Anytime. So- it's been a pleasure. We're back on tomorrow with Debbie Slater from the Black Country Women's Aid, which doesn't just help women; it helps uh, men who have been abused, domestic abuse, um, modern-day slavery. Which, when she tells you the statistics about this tomorrow, it's mind-boggling. So, me and Lee, and hopefully the other two, we'll catch you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves and each other. Tomorrow, a bit.
1: Listen, listen,
0: listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta ra bit